What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 16 of the uh, Blue River Bow Hunting Podcast. Got a cool, uh, cool guest on me with this, with me this week with uh, Paul Campbell, uh, kind of an outdoorsman from uh, from the state of Ohio. Got several things going on in the in the outdoor industry. How's it going, Paul? Brad, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on, especially short notice. I kind of had yeah, somebody no cancel on me this week, but you know, it's I, I like doing multiple a week. That way, one of these days when I don't have the time to do it, I can always throw it out there, or yeah. play a little bit ahead. I like I'm a planner type of guy. I don't like to just you know throw everything up last minute. So yeah, if sure. if I did I anything that. last minute on you, I apologize. Yeah, no no worries, man. I'm excited but, uh, to be on. Introduce yourself a little bit. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm 39. Uh, I live born and raised in central Ohio in Columbus. I live in a little town outside of Columbus, Pataskala, that uh, no one's ever heard of. People call it Patalaska for whatever reason. But uh, I started I started hunting um, probably mid-2000s. I didn't grow up in a hunting family. Uh, best friend introduced me to it, and, and, and uh, man, it just stuck, changed, you know, changed the course of my life and, you know, for the good, and, and I've, I've enjoyed it. So... I, uh, a friend of mine and I, we, we host a, a podcast um, called the O2 Podcast. We, we started, I think, in August. So we're not, uh, you know, we're not professionals at all. Like, we're just a couple of idiots that like to hunt deer and turkeys and ducks. <laughs> and and uh, we're not the experts. So we try to get the experts and ask the right questions so that people are entertained. Um, so it's been cool. Yeah, that's, that's been fun. I actually just got... Um, what I would call my dream job with the national wild Turkey Federation. So it's a, it's a new job for me. Um, I'm just, you know, still getting my feet wet, still learning, but man, I'm, I'm excited. So I've been, been very fortunate these, uh, these last couple of months. So do something I, I love. I always start this podcast off the same way. It's usually my first question is how you got started in hunting, but yeah. I'm going to save that for a later story okay. on this podcast, but I'm going to ask you, how did you get started with uh, with the O2 podcast? What, what just? How did it all come together? So the it was it was an existing show. Uh, it, was, it was called the Ohio Huntsman on the on the Sportsman's Nation uh, podcast network. Um, so my my friend and I we both were listeners to the show, and the guys did it. They did it for like three or four years, and they they took it as far as they wanted to, and they decided to hang it up. And so my buddy Andrew Montz, who's the co-host on the show. He e- email or not emails, right? I'm still trying to figure this out. Instagram message. I, I guess it's not an email, but so he Instagram messages this Dan Johnson guy and said, Hey, what are you gonna do? Dan Johnson responds back, I don't know. Do you want to try it out? And so my buddy Munts calls me one day and he said, Hey, do you want to do a, a podcast about hunting in Ohio? I'm like, I mean, is anyone gonna listen? Like, <laughs> yeah, we'll try it. So we've recorded like three demo episodes that will never see the light of day because they were off when Dan was like, you know what? These really aren't that bad. Let's go ahead and, and, and get you plugged in. And uh, that's just how that's just how it happened. So it's we've been kind of fumbling our way through it. We've been fortunate enough to have some really, really good people on uh, on, on the show. Um, it always amazes me, man. Pe- people will be like, hey, listen to your show. I'm like, oh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. And then like they'll tell me again. I'm like. Oh my god! You listen. You listen to it again, and you <laughs> you brought someone else. Like you told your friends about it. Thank you, man. I mean, that means a lot. So I'm still amazed that people have uh, you know they put value on what a moron like myself has to say. So yeah. you know, you know, you you say that it was called the Ohio Outdoorsman first. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I realized, and probably until the last few years, I didn't realize how big 
you know, the outdoors in Ohio, what happened meant to people until yeah. I really met some from people from over there. I've actually hunted over there myself. Um, it's just a whole nother ball game. I mean, you get that, um, you know, tradition, you know, in the Northern States, uh, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, uh, Pennsylvania type of situation. I feel like Ohio can be added into that category. I feel like they have a pretty rich heritage themselves. Yeah. I, I feel the, I feel the same way. And it's, it's kind of, it's kind of weird for me because, you know, I'm, I started hunting, you know, mid twenties, early twenties. And I'm, you know, with my family, I'm creating kind of those, those traditions that I hope, you know, stick and, and go on for, for generations. But, you know, I, the more, the more I, I immerse myself in this culture and the more people that, that I, you know, that I talk to and, and that I meet and the more game animals that I chase, like you just see something different, you know, and it's, it's really, it's really neat. Like I, I, I met, I was goose hunting a couple of years ago and, you know, my buddy and I were walking out of the field carrying geese and everything. And this guy, like three guys come up and they got a dog. I'm like, what are you guys hunting? They're like woodcock. I'm like, woodcock the hell's a woodcock i had no idea what a woodcock was but so i went out hunted them they're terrifying birds if you've ever been around them they make like the craziest noises and they jump up out of nowhere and they get these giant long beaks on them but they're delicious i've so, never actually gotten to try woodcock i've seen a yeah. bunch of them uh waterfowl hunting myself and, yeah they're just, uh, they are wild looking <laughs> they they are man they're they're crazy but so like there's just like this huge group of people that just love to hunt woodcocks in the state of Ohio. They've got dogs. That's just something that they look forward to. It's their tradition every year. And then pheasant hunting. It's just neat, man. I, I, I appreciate all the dif- different aspects of, of the, the culture that we love. So definitely. I feel like uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously I'm not from over there. I don't know. I feel like there's almost like this dividing line in Ohio, yeah. like at a certain point North, it's like 100 percent waterfowl, like big yeah. waterfowl people. And then yeah. you get south of that line, and it's hardcore deer hunters, like hardcore deer hunters. Yeah. So yeah, seventy Interstate seventy runs right smack dab through the middle of the state, cuts it north and south. And so you know that eastern, southeastern portion of the state, a lot of big woods, a lot of hardwoods, super hilly, a lot of terrain features, and it kind of runs up to the east part, the northeast part of the state. But, you know, just that very corner into Pennsylvania and West Virginia. But then when you slam over to the to the west, it's all ag. It's flat. It's fields. There's, uh, you know, you get the Lake Erie marsh zone up there. Ton of waterfowl. If it wasn't for the Lake Erie zone, the north zone in Ohio, I don't think we'd have a duck in the state of Ohio. So, um, But, unfortunately, you have Lake Erie, and you guys yeah. get absolutely slammed with some birds up there. We do, man. I, you know, I've, I've not, uh, I've not hunted the North zone. I've hunted the North zone, but not Lake Erie. Um, mm-hmm. I really want to get up there. I, I fear, I, I hear, and I want like Fred Zank, the guy that the game call maker, he's got a big place up there. I mean, you watch his videos and he's just smashing a hundred, you know, he's got huge groups and there's ducks everywhere. And yeah, it's cool. It's good stuff. Oh, absolutely. We'll get into that waterfowl here in a yeah. little bit, but, uh, you know, tell us a little bit. You were talking about you landed, the dream job with NWTF, you know, explain that a little bit, how you, how you got it and what's in store for you later on with it. Yeah. So I, um, it was right before, right before, uh, Thanksgiving and I was on the NWTF. They, they changed their logo. Everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to get my hands on some old hats with that, with that old, with the three toms on it. So I was on their website 
looking for hats and uh, they have like a job opportunities. Like, I'm like, I wonder what they got going. You know, what is the NWTF hiring for? You know, biologists and, you know, I, you know, everyone knows that, but right. so they had this position for uh, the director of development for East central. So it's Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey is my territory. So what it is, I've been in sales for a while uh, in, in, in the golf industry. Mm-hmm. I've been in the golf industry since 2004, um, just looking for something different. And, this this popped up and so it's fundraising um you know just you know relationship building networking with with individuals companies organizations just getting the message of the of the national wild turkey federation out there and just kind of being that conduit between the people that are out in the field hunting and and the organization so um it uh it's it's really it's really neat man i i i've been i've been a member of the nwtf since the moment i started turkey hunting i just i i Me too. And I don't want to get preachy here, but I feel like, I feel like for individuals, if you hunt, I mean, you should, the licenses and the tags that we, that we put into, and then the money that we put into from the Pittman Robinson act, it's not enough right. just because the, the demand that's on, on the resource that we all love. And that's the resources, the animals, it's under so much strain and pressure that anything that I can do financially or with like time. And I'm not like, I'm like 50 bucks a year. You know what I mean? Like I'm just some poor working class dude from Ohio. You know what I mean? I'm not donating a ton of money, but you know, anything that I can do to, to help that, that bird that means a lot to me or, you know, pheasants forever, ducks unlimited, um, the deer association, any, anything, you know, if I, whatever I can give, you know, I'll, I'll do. And it's just something that's been real important to me. And I saw they had that position open, you know, I sent in my resume and, and I, you know, what, what generated, I didn't really qualify like a hundred percent for what they're looking for. But I wrote him just this honest letter, man. Like in the first words, were, I'm a turkey hunter, and you know, I just just laid it out, like you know, what this bird and the sport, and you know, what it means to me as, as an individual. And it generated a phone call, and it just took off from there. So, man, I'm I'm so fortunate. I'm grateful that uh, that, I, that I get to to work with uh, with all these great people and, and this this wild bird, man, that that I absolutely love. So oh, I couldn't be happier. Absolutely. I couldn't be more motivated, man. To be honest with you, like. I'm so laser focused on what I have to do and what's in front of me that it's just, it's obnoxious to my family and friends. I mean, I couldn't even imagine probably the opportunities that come up from all that as well. I feel like, you know, if you're a duck hunter, you need to support DU ducks unlimited turkey hunters need to support NWTF. You know, there's other organizations out there for some other game, but I feel like those are like, two big companies if you're in you know into that kind of thing i think you need to support them because they're they're like you said they're only gonna throw um you know thousands and millions of dollars in on uh supporting the game that you're chasing and you know do as much as you can not just state wise but you know on a national level yeah absolutely man and it um like just in in your state of indiana i you know i had to look it up i was just curious but they have that the NWTF 10 years ago at this point started the save the habitat, save the hunt. And the goals of that were, you know, conserve X amount of acres across the country, the six zones, they broken up, um, you know, recruit you know, over a million new hunters, retain new hunters. And then their goal was to open up 500,000 acres of public hunting land across the country. And they, they accomplished that way before I got there. So I, you know, I had nothing to do with this other than, you know, donating money and, and, and the time. But Indiana, I think it was like 1,800 acres. That I'll say, I've actually <clears throat> hunted a, a piece of that down um, in southern Indiana near French Lick. 
Okay. Um, uh, my buddy Ryan, his uncle has a place that butts up to a lot of public, and his actual property with his house is probably less than 300 yards from uh, NWTF. They yeah, do, that's awesome. Uh, they do the controlled burns okay. and all that, and it's absolutely beautiful land with a ton of birds. Ton yeah, of birds. I'll, tell, I'll tell you what, man. That that So we don't do, when I say we, I mean folks north of the Mason-Dixon line, we don't do a ton of controlled burns. Mm-hmm. And boys in the south, man, like you can see – on the radar, like the satellite, the weather satellites <laughs> right. when they're burning their turkey woods. I mean, it's insane. But there was a spot that I that I hunted down in, in southern Ohio that uh, the state went through and did a, a controlled burn. And the opening day, I was there, and there was nothing. It was like a barren wasteland. I mean, it was burnt. Two weeks later, it was completely green with little 10-inch vegetation, all the food they could have, and it was full of birds. I mean, they absolutely love it. So and it's just it's so beneficial. How 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 is the turkey population in the state of, of Ohio? Is it is it pretty healthy? It's definitely up and down. So we had um, the in 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 August of 2021, the Department of Wildlife announced that they were going to reduce the bag limits uh, from two spring bearded birds to one uh, for 2022. So on the podcast, we had uh, just a couple weeks ago, we interviewed Mark Wiley, who's the uh, upland game bird biologist for the state of Ohio, and I was in a panic. You know, because I have, you know, as, as someone in the public, I have limited information. So I'm forming my opinions. Oh, God, we don't have wild turkeys anymore. They dropped it to one. And that wasn't the case. So it's definitely a preventative me- measure. Um, and he basically said that it, that the reason they did it, the last couple of years during the spring, we've had really wet, cold springs. I'm sure Indiana's been the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, up until like the second week of the season, I don't think we got out of the 40s. Mm-hmm. And it was just rainy and wet and cold. And poults can't handle that. They, right. you know, they, they can't regulate their temperature for, I, I don't know how many weeks it is. But um, so we had, we had that hitting us um, 20, 2020 there, you know, that big COVID boom, which, uh, you know, we had a little spike um, in harvest numbers. It went crazy. So they felt that, you know, for the, for, to protect the resource going forward, protect the bird that, you know, we could have a temporary and, you know, I want to stress to people listening from how it's temporary, um, just to kind of like stabilize. But, but Mark, the biologist was really confident the population was going to bounce back, that things are good. Um, I feel like, I feel like the wild Turkey is just, it's always on like a razor's edge, you know, and it can just go one way or the other. And, right. and it's up to, you know, guys like those, you know, you know, Mark Wiley, the biologists that are actually out there, monitoring and regulating these populations to be on their game and it takes a lot like the, the state of ohio i'm sure indian has the same thing but we can report polts like poll populations poll numbers during the spring and summer and i mean that's huge i mean i, I didn't realize how important that was to the state of ohio and to the biologists but that's a huge ordeal um so there's i think there's some responsibility from the hunters too when it comes to um, you're reporting what you see and it just, it just all does is help and it, and it, and it backs, uh, you know, backs up the biology and science. So, yeah, we have like uh surveys that they send yeah. us after a season and, and stuff like that. And you report what you saw even on deer hunting and, you know, kind of like when you register for your hip number, you know, when yeah. you're, when you're waterfowl hunting, you say what you harvest or whatever. I'm sure a lot of that goes into some incredible databases that I probably yeah. can't even wrap my mind around. Exactly. Some ornithologist is just buried in a basement, just calculating <laughs> right. bird harvest numbers, you know? <laughs> so, so you, you know, I said, I'd come back to it, you know? Yeah. And, and I want to ask you, cause you told me a little bit about it, you know, off the air, you know, when we we're messaging back and forth, but how exactly did you get started? I know it started with the turkey hunt someplace. Yeah. So it, it, it was, uh, 
I'm, I'm trying to remember. It's either 2005 or 2006, sometime in there. Uh, my best friend growing up, Kenny, um, he grew up hunting. His dad hunted deer, hunted turkeys, and he kind of went through a phase in our teens where he didn't really hunt. And then, and then about uh, 24, 23, 24, he's like, you know, one day he's like, hey, man, do you want to go turkey hunting? I'm like, well, what the hell's a turkey? Like a wild turkey. Like people do that. I had never hunted a thing in my life. No. I probably shot two guns at the time. Like I, I grew up in the city, man. My, my parents did not participate in that. So I was like, you know what, why not? And it was kind of, it was kind of, it was a real bad season in my life. My dad had just died. Um, you know, like the golf industry was just getting crushed. The economy was kind of crappy and jobs were insecure and, and man, I was drinking a lot and I was just on this like real destructive path in my life. And, um, so I was like, yeah, man, let's, let's, let's do it. So I go to Walmart. I bought the cheapest camo that I can buy. I mean, I like a $5 shirt and a $10 pair of pants and like hiking boots from Walmart. And I bought this like Remington Turkey vest with a Turkey pad. that was like <laughs> right. as thick as a quarter, you know, and I didn't know what I was getting into. And so I borrowed a shotgun and uh, I, I bought this, this Primo's power crystal call from Walmart, you know? And uh, oh, I know so, so I take out, I take out to my car and I'm like scratching. It's not making a sound. I didn't know that you had to sand it. Like, so <laughs> I, for, I'm trying to practice for weeks and I can't make a sound on this thing. And, and, you know, so like YouTube wasn't around then, you know, so there was no way, like you had to talk to someone to kind of get that information. You know, there's some, there's some message boards out there. And somehow I found out that you had to scrape it with sandpaper to be able to, you know, to rough it up, to make, to make the sound of the Turkey. So um so that, that that first year we took a we took a full week off we go down to a, a big old chunk of public down in southern ohio and first day nothing i mean it you know poured rain it was you know 38 degrees which is miserable ohio day and uh that second day we go out and we're up on this ridge and you know we hiked up and we're just sitting like we have no idea what we're doing zero like zero idea and we're just sitting there and i I hear a turkey gobble for my for the first time in my life, and mm -hmm. my heart pounded out of my chest. I mean, I I was I was like, I'm surprised I didn't pass out. <laughs> Never been that that excited in my life. And so these turkeys were like below us, you know, maybe maybe 200 feet below us on this ridge, like real up real high. And and I watched these toms just like walk by, and my buddy would you know yelp at him, they gobble. And I'm like, oh my god, I got I, I got to kill one of those. I have to. Like, I was I mean I've never like something in my brain just broke loose. And I didn't kill a turkey for the first three years that I hunted. I didn't even get close. And so, like, I, that first, those first couple of years, you know, like out of the season and, you know, like that right after spring, man, I, I all I wanted to do, I would, I would go out to the woods and I would just sit there and I would listen to these turkeys interact with each other, man, and just listen to them call and just figure out, like, where they're going, what they're trying to do. And I still figure that out. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, so that, that, that first bird, man, it, it, it meant the world to me. I worked so hard for it and uh, yeah, it just, it just, just connected, man. It, it clicked and, and, you know, I, I don't want to say it like gave my life purpose, but at that moment in my life, you know, where I was, you know, personally, it gave me purpose and it, it drug me out of a pit, man, that, that I don't know if I ever would have got out of one for that, uh, for that bird. So that's awesome. That's a, that's yeah. an awesome story. And Thank I you, actually man. had like the total opposite luck first day i was ever in the turkey woods ever killed a bird uh half hour into my first hunt ever oh come on look at 14 you. years old i actually killed my first turkey before i killed my first whitetail oh good deal 
Uh, ten gauge actually. Oh man, just a little bitty Jake. Nothing wasn't nothing special, yeah. but obviously is a special. You know, it was kind of yeah. like my first harvest of anything. You know, that's awesome, man. You'll remember forever. You know, K- Kentucky, man. I I used to go Good to deal. Kentucky uh, uh, for a week every year. I don't necessarily do that trip anymore. I, okay. I might get, get get back down there, but turkey hunting, man, just will light a fire under you. Yeah, hundred percent. I love it. Yeah, I and and you know, man, like. I, I deer hunt occasionally. Um, I've had some some success, and I, I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, but I you know I told you the farthest. You know, I, I don't know if you remember these little devices. They're they're made by like Garmin or someone like that. They're called the Backtrack. They're about the size of like maybe like a beer can. And they're gray and yellow, and you get out and you press the button on it, and it would set your location. This is before like cell phones, like GPS cell phones and Garmin's and all that. Right. So you'd set your location. And then you you walk and you hike or whatever, and it would tell you how to get back to the to the truck and it'd tell you how many miles you were. And there was one year, I'm definitely like next ridge, like they're going to be on the next ridge, like they're going to be on the next ridge. And I just go 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 go. I'm calling in, you know, trying to find them. And I find I like I get this bird, kill this bird. It's two thirty in the afternoon. I'm I'm you know, I'm by myself. No one's around. And I look at that Garmin. I was 17 miles from the truck. <laughs> 17. I had crossed like two roads in, <laughs> in awesome. Wayne National Wayne National Forest in, in Southern Ohio. Yeah, I know what you're talking and about. I got like, and you know, it's like 85 degrees. You know, it's like second, third, second, almost almost the end of the year. And I'm walking back. And I don't think I got back to the truck till like 930. But halfway through, I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die out here. Like, <laughs> this is it. I'm going to die with this turkey because I am lost. I am hungry. I'm out of water. I'm sweating, but I had a smile on my face the entire time. So. Oh, absolutely. You probably had a yeah. smile on your face for the next week. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So a talk one. a little bit about um, Ohio, and, and it can be uh, yeah. turkey. Um, we'll, we'll stick. We'll get to the uh, ducks at some point, but deer and turkey, you know, what kind of um, terrain and stuff are you tackling out there on that stuff? So Ohio, I, I feel, is like – I feel it's 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 really it's really interesting because you get those you know we talked about that kind of that line you know going right through the middle of the state and you know if you if you took and separated Ohio into four quadrants north southeast west whatever each zone is completely different so that southeast is super rugged you've got a ton of elevation change you've got these big hardwood stands it's like elk country out there. I mean, it feels like you're in the mountains of like West Virginia or Kentucky. And it's just, so it's just like this little isolated, you know, maybe seven or eight County, 10 County pocket. That's just crazy. And then it starts to flatten out. You get into that, you know, a bunch of hardwoods, but mix in ag fields, you know, kind of in the center Eastern portion of the state. And that's where all the real big deer are, um, you know, kind of that middle, you know, middle strip of, of counties right down the middle of the state. I mean, that's that's the big buck corridor in Ohio. Absolutely. You get up into that, you know, that marshy zone where it's real swampy and it's just flat, man. I mean, you can, you know, you can you can see it a mile. So Ohio's a very, you know, very interesting state in, in that regard that, you know, you get some of that transition weather too, where you know, we might be getting, you know, that early turkey season and even early bow season for deer, you know, the the northeast tip of the state coming off of lake erie will have six inches of snow on the ground because of the lake effect you go 200 miles south it's 20 degrees warmer and the leaves haven't even changed colors yet you know, <laughs> in the fall so it's it's just really it's just a really unique weather state it's frustrating as hell um a lot of times so but i think it's i think it's just it, it, it makes the 
especially the public land hunter, if you're traveling all over the state, I mean, like you were, you were well-versed uh, and diversified in your, in your abilities to hunt wild game, which I think that's, that's, that's pretty unique to, to a lot of states. And, you know, I, I, I like that aspect of it. So oh, absolutely. Um, I, I, I kind of messed up when uh, I had a one track mind when I came over there, I came over there the second week of November public land hunting and I stuck to one property. And that's where I really messed up. I should have ventured off in some other places. The reason I stuck to that property is uh, we were kind of on a wing it trip. We had a enclosed trailer. We had tents, air mattresses, and our bows and, you know, and our set, our gear set up. You know, if if I could go back, I would definitely travel to some other properties. But having that camp set up kind of held me into, sure you know a certain location and it was oh, you're comfortable at that point you know absolutely you know we had campfire and yeah. you know, everything places to go eat if that if that's what we wanted to do but um the public land woods i feel like and i've talked about it on this podcast a couple times actually uh, talking about my trip over there um that that public land woods in, uh, in ohio gets hit hard those first you know, the last week of October yeah. and the first two weeks of November with some public land hunters and it's yeah. mostly out of state guys. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, my buddy, Kenny and I, we were, um, we were down in, in a big old chunk, chunk of public down in the Southeast. So, you know, we've got, you know, there's like four or five massive state forests that are all really close to each other. And we drove through one of them. I mean, it was like peak rut, you know, this is like first week of November and, we counted 17 trucks like in our travels 13 of them were from out of state oh yeah absolutely and that's fine i'll, I'll hunt out of state i have no problems you know I, I i i wish that um i wish that the state like ohio like same with indiana like we're we're, we're a big deer state you know we're Definitely. not iowa you know we're not you know some you know maybe georgia or texas you know but when it comes to like midwest like we got a really good deer herd and we got some big deer and you know it's not it, it definitely like a lot of a lot of Ohio guys and a lot of just I, I don't want to say Ohio because it's it's nationwide. But people feel that like because you live there, that's yours. And technically it is, but it's a shared resource. Like, you know, I paid to be there, man. And, you know, the, the last time I went out on, I took my nephew rabbit hunting and I saw four guys from Vermont as we're walking out. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, we, this is our first day here. We've never been here. I'm like, so I pulled out my onyx. I'm like, all right, there's rubs here. This and I, and I gave them like the lay of the land. I want them to have a good time, man. I want oh, them absolutely. to be. I want people, you know, from out of state to be successful. I want all of us to, you know, be successful and enjoy our time. So and that you know, was I'm probably, well you know, one of the coolest things about camping there is obviously we met people. Yeah, and, I love uh, that. Everybody was out of state as well. Yeah. People next to us, father, son from Pennsylvania. They had tagged out in Pennsylvania, like I had tagged out here in Indiana, and it was just like we we didn't know nobody, you know, it, we yeah. didn't know each other from nobody, you know, average Joe's and we're sitting by a campfire, you know, having a couple beers together, talking about whitetails and Turkey yeah. and everything, you know, yeah. it's really cool yeah. to meet those people. Yeah. That's awesome, man. There's something special about deer camp I, and Turkey camp, but deer camp, especially, man, you get all those people and it's just that you talk about that tradition and that heritage and it's nationwide, man. It's just something that it doesn't matter who you are. I'm, you know, I could have just, pulled up and met you and never see you again, but we're going to be buddies for that time that we're there. And we're going to, you know, share stories and break bread and all that good stuff, man. I love it. So oh, it's just, absolutely. it's just, it's a special, it's a special event. So I really enjoy those hunters camps that Ohio has. I'm sure Indiana has them too. So, you know, I'm sure they do, but I've never really been a part of one. I feel like, like okay. I got, you know, when we deer hunt here, it's mostly we're hunting private property. 
Um, you know, we might take a buddy or go with a buddy or whatever, especially with me filming, but we don't have like that camp. Like we don't have a log cabin that we all get together and we're all hanging out and hunting close and, you know, drinking beers and playing poker at night or whatever. It's always been on trips that I've gotten to go on, uh, Wisconsin, Ohio, Kentucky for years when I was down there turkey hunting. Like it's, there's just nothing like a camp or that's what you're there for. You're, you're there to have a good time and, you know, try to be successful while you're there yeah that camaraderie man that's 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 important you know it 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 really is and i think that i think for a lot of people um especially content creators like they don't show that side of it man they just gloss over it and and that drives me nuts because it it, it creates this idea that that you know like when i when i first started start hunting you know you know youtube limited you know like angel fire whatever the hell they were you know so i would watch the outdoor channel i would watch sportsman's channel and so i learned to deer hunt from like mark drury who's killing 200 inch deer and then i go out and i'm like oh my god all i'm seeing is like little basket rack aids i don't care i'm shooting them you know you know what i mean and so it just but it it creates like a false sense of what hunting is is all about and 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 that that's good to hear man because that's that's the heart and soul of it you know absolutely um so i I wish i could get well, I mean, we kind of have, uh, we have a buddy that, uh, kind of like you talked, he grew up in the city, not around anything like that. And the last few years he's, uh, went hunting with us. He got, he sparked an interest. We took him, he killed a turkey. His first ever harvest was a turkey last year. And he went duck hunting with us this past few weekends. And, uh, Sunday we shot almost a five man limit of mallards. And I saw that truck bed like, on Twitter, man. His eyes were this big, you know, because yeah. everything was froze up. So these ducks wanted in on this uh, river. Like, that's where they were going. They had no other yeah. place. And when they come down on you and it's all close quarters like that, I mean, it's it's an experience that I can't even explain to anybody. You know, it, it, it'll it be right up there with hearing a turkey gobble or watching a yeah. big buck or something, you know, watching those birds work and you're working them or hitting jerk rigs and, you know, you're kind of playing around with them and all of a sudden they're in your face and then everybody's yeah. unloading, everybody's, you know, hooting and hollering at you, woo, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know oh, six yeah. ducks come in the hole and none of them leave. That's a, that's a good day. I that's, like, that's a like good, that. That's a good moment right there. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. So how was, did you, how did you get in on waterfowl? So I was, um, I hunt 99.5% of my hunting is done on public land and it's not because I'm some, you know, righteous public land hunter. It's literally out of necessity because I don't own property and I'm too much of a chicken shit to ask someone for permission. Uh, you know, so, so it's just, it's always been public land and being a public deer hunter. I mean, it can be, it can be hard. Like you gotta, you know, it wants your pound of flesh, especially bow hunting and, so my deer hunting career, it's, it's definitely peaks and peaks and valleys, you know, success, failure, failure, failures, a little bit of success. failure. Failure. And so I was, I was sitting in, I was sitting in a tree stand on this, this chunk of public uh, in, in Ohio here, right in the center of the state. And there's this cut cornfield to my left and there's a river bottom and I'm kind of hunting like this transition zone. I had like 300 geese land in the field next to me. And I'm like, I'm waterfowl hunting. I called my buddy. I'm like, I'm done deer hunting. I'm going out. I'm buying waders. I'm buying a layout blind. I'm buying a duck shotgun. Like, you know, just <laughs> done, you know? And, and I'll tell you what. So as the four or five years ago, probably four years ago, I made, you know, I, I, I just changed my, my focus, my priority. I had a lot more fun waterfowl hunting than I did deer hunting. 
And it's just something that, you know, just stuck with me. So, you know, just, I, I, I enjoy, I like gearing up, man. I like the duck calls. I like the waiters. I like the decoys. I like all that stuff, you know, pulling the sled and through the marsh. I love it. And uh, so, yeah, it's just something I've, I've, I've really enjoyed. Still kind of trying to figure it out. Um, it's definitely been an evolution uh, with, with the waterfowl hunting. Um, but I still, I still enjoy it. And it's just something that's exciting and it's, it's still new for me. You know? Absolutely. And so. I know he's probably listening to this whenever, whenever I post it, but my buddy Ryan, who I film a lot during deer season and we do a lot of hunting trips together and I kind of got him into the waterfowl game way back. But uh, he says the same thing. He says, you know, I love chasing deer. I love, yeah. do, I love trapping and fishing and everything, but there's just something about that waterfowl game that gets me excited probably more than, than others. You can just, you know, that you're talking about with your buddies, the camaraderie, you know, you're sitting there in the blind, everybody's hooting, you know, I wouldn't say hooting and hollering, but you, I, we, we joke actually, every time yeah. we duck hunt together, there's, there's a group of four or five of us. We all say we should have a, a speaker in here and really record what we say in here because yeah. it's such a just a who and everybody would be laughing and probably judging us at the same time on the oh, absolutely. stuff we say you know yeah absolutely but and that's, i, I that's understand so what you're saying though getting jacked up you know you yeah. get the waiters on you get your jacket on you got your calls you got your blind bag you got your floating gun case yeah. you make the haul out there with your decoys you set your decoys up a certain way on, you know, maybe wind direction or this or yeah. that or shadows and all this kind None of, of stuff. None of it matters. None of it matters. As <laughs> long as the ducks want in there, they're coming yeah, in there exactly. or they're not coming in there. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. It's it's funny, man. My my buddy Ken, I love him to death, man. Like a brother we met in kindergarten. And he he's real he's real technical, man. I, I'm definitely the more like, I'll wing it. Like, we'll figure that shit out. Throw them decoys out. Let's get, you know. And he's like wind direction and all this stuff and, and, and has really done his research. And uh, he's like, well, the ducks are going to land this way. I'm like, who? No, they're not. Eh, who knows? You know, they're, they're living animals. Like, they can make a decision, you know, and they circle <laughs> you. And and uh, so it's funny. Every time, like, they'll land, you know, pretty much right where he says they're going to land. And the one time out of 10 that they're like, they come away. That I, I'm like, I told you, kid. I told you they're going to come over our back shoulders. And that's like so. anything else that you do, turkey hunting, deer hunting, yeah. whatever. You know, you learn from your experiences and, you know, yeah, we probably should have put our decoys like that today or we probably should have left our hole on this side or whatever it is, you know. But I, I probably the, the most thing I can give on advice for waterfowl hunting is really set yourself up on your gear. You know what I mean? Like your waders and your jacket and stuff like don't skip out on that. Yeah, don't get sure. cold when it's five degrees outside and you're standing knee deep in water. Yeah. It's going to come back to bite you and it's not going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely right. The, you know, the first, the first set of waders I bought, I bought like a pair of, uh, it doesn't matter what they were, but uh, they were uninsulated because they were $200 cheaper than, than the insulated waders. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I'll just wear extra socks and, and, and sweatpants. It does not work that way. It does not work. And I found that out the hard way. And, <laughs> and, you know, so that first day we're like breaking ice, you know, getting into the marsh. Two hours later, I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I cannot feel my feet. I can't feel my legs. And I didn't want to be that guy that made everyone else leave because we all rode together. Right. <laughs> so I just suffered through, you know, a five-hour duck hunt, just miserable the entire time. I don't know how many sets of uh, neoprene waders I went through before I finally brought the bought the uh, breathable ones that yeah. you know I can 
uh, zip out the insulating liner and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's like, yeah, I can wear gonna, these in teal season, you know, and it's going to be the same as wearing it, them. It, yeah, exactly. And I, 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 I wouldn't mind. I think my next pair of waders are going to have that zip out, that zip out liner, I think. So, oh, it's a game changer for sure. Yeah. Uh, actually, I got really lucky. Uh, we had a Gander Mountain close to us go out of business a few years back and, it was right around Christmas time, the New Year's, and I'd just gotten – I mean, everybody for my – I'm just probably 22, 23, maybe a little older than that. Uh, you know, everybody got me Gander Mountain gift cards for Christmas, so I had a bunch of money to go in there with, and that was what I went for. I went for waiters, and I said, I'm going to buy the best, baddest waiters they got in here because oh, I'm yeah. tired of buying them. So I went in there. says the I, I have um, uh, Frog Tog Migrator 2.0s. 12 okay. or 1600 gram insulation. I think they were like 399. I take them up to the counter. She rings them up. They ring up 175. I said, I'll be right back. She goes, oh, yeah. What's wrong? I said, I'm going to go grab more stuff because I got more money now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she was like, Oh, day. okay. You know? <laughs> I think I ended That's up a- buying some deer, uh, some deer jacket and bibs and stuff like that. But you know, when you got free money to to, to play with, I'll, oh, I'll get some more stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> what about gear wise for for turkey if somebody was getting uh into turkey hunting for the first time didn't have anything what kind of advice would you give them for for a beginning turkey hunter i think the one the one piece of gear that that i have fought with for for years is a pair of good turkey boots and i know that's like that's just you know people want to hear calls and vests and blah 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 the boots has been a, has been a big deal for me, and it's just it's it's partly the way that the way that I hunt. I like to be super mobile. I, I cover a ton of ground most times when I go out. You know, in excess, you know, it's seven to ten miles every time that, that I go out and turkey hunt most days. And it's like, I hate wet feet. Everyone hates wet feet. So I would you know I bought okay, let's buy the you know the muck boots. Well, you're I to me like. You're, this is going to sound weird, I think, to some people, but my feet feel dumb in muck boots, if that makes any sense. like I, I've feel... actually talked about this on here actually okay. before. My feet feel constricted. Yes. I, I feel like I don't have movement with my ankle. Yeah. And I don't know. They, they're real, I mean, they're amazing boots. I have like they three are. pairs of them. But there's nothing like having a hiking boot where your feet feel comfortable. They can breathe. It yeah. makes you go further. It makes you do a lot, a lot more. You know. That's exactly right. So I went through, you know, those knee-high like snake boots, and um, you know, went through two or three pairs of those, and and I, I settled, I settled on a pair of Irish Shedder, just regular old hiking boots, and they're kind of waterproof, but they dry quick, and so for, and, and but it was just I wasted all of that money because I'm, you know, like you watch, you watch guys on on YouTube, and you're like, oh, they, they all have muck boots and like knee high, you know, snake boots on. I'm like, well, that's what I need, right? And it's just I wasted thousands of dollars on boots, and they're all in my basement, and you know, it's it was a pair of eighty nine dollar hikers that was the you know the the end all be all boot for me, so. Um, and I know that sounds that sounds stupid, but I mean that was I mean that's to me that that was a really a really big deal finding that. Um, the second thing that the second piece of gear that um, you got to be comfortable. Uh, I, I started hunting, I, and some people make fun of me for this, but I started hunting with one of those like loungers. Oh, absolutely! Like the the I don't turkey chairs, turkey hunt without my chair. Yeah, so <laughs> so 
the, you know, like the nature of turkey hunting, sometimes you can be sitting in the same spot with your knees in your chest for two hours. Yeah. And you're not moving right. because you know that, that that big boy's coming down, down the holler to you. And my back would hurt. And I was always moving around. I'm like, God, man, I gotta stand up and stretch. And so I, I, I bought, I bought one of those chairs like probably three years ago and it was a total game changer. And what it, and what it did is like when you, when you're turkey hunting, man, like you're walking through the woods, you know, for me, I'm always looking behind me, like, okay, where, if something gobbles, where can I set up? So I'm always looking around, you know, where can I set up? You know, so you, but you always have to have something to lean against, right. you know, if you're, if you're hunting with just a regular vest and a seat, but with that, with that chair, if you can deal with the bulkiness of it, you can set up anywhere. I mean, I killed a bird in 2020. I was sitting in a, in a weed pile that the only thing that was sticking above me was like my chest and my head. Right. And I was just in, I was in weeds. And I mean, it was that bird had no idea I was there. And it was just kind of one of those weird situations. There was no trees to sit on. And I had to wait for 45 minutes for this bird to commit to where I could shoot him. And that chair was, that chair was the game changer for me. Oh, so, absolutely. And I had, yeah. um, I had a, a, a cheaper version for six, seven years. I think it was just, I think it was called like the Turkey Gobbler or something from Walmart, Mossy Oak. Yeah. I went to two or three of those. Yeah. yeah. And, and I always kept breaking the, you know, the joints and stuff on yep, it every time. And I finally upgraded and got one from Alps outdoors. Yes. And it is, oh man, it's like having a lazy boy out there. You know, yeah. I've been with people and they, they, they're only in a vest and they're like, Hey man, my ass is numb. It's been numb for a minute. Can we stand up for a little bit? And I'm like, you know, like just leaning back, like, like I'm sitting in the living room watching yeah. TV, like, Oh, I'm yeah. kind of just going to sit here for a little bit. you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. And and that's the thing, like the trade off for me, like I'll, I'll deal with the bulkiness and kind of the, you know, the inconvenience of, of carrying it with me for that right there. You know, I mean that to me, that's, that's a, it was a huge deal for me. So. Absolutely. I think um, one of the top things I would tell, a, a young turkey hunter to get gear wise is that pad that pad for your knee stick yeah. your gun in that pad you know it can just like the chair can make you very relaxed at times and maybe yeah it might let you sit someplace uh, uh 20 minutes longer and that could be the difference between you killing a bird and not killing a bird you know yeah what I mean? absolutely yeah i think that, yeah that's that's for sure you know, the, the more comfortable you are, I think that directly will lead to, to more success, if, in, in my opinion. So, Absolutely. Another thing I wanted to ask you about, you know, you talked yeah. a little bit before about um, the Outdoor channel, channel and Sportsman's Channel and that kind of thing in YouTube. Mm -hmm. You know, when somebody is maybe just enjoying watching content or uh, maybe they're trying to learn something, how to call on something – what do you think YouTube over, over, you know, sportsman channel or sportsman channel over YouTube? I haven't watched sportsman's channel or outdoor channel in probably five years. And I have them both on my, on my TV. And you know, I, I got kind of disgusted with, and I'm going to get a little preachy here, Brett, forgive no, me, but I got your open book. You're more than welcome. <laughs> whatever your beliefs are, I'm willing to listen. All right. Well, so I, I, I was just disgusted with, with the content creation you know, an outdoor channel and, and, uh, and sports channel, because it wasn't, it wasn't real. And I've, I've met some of these people like Lee and Tiffany, I've met them at, at different trade shows, mm -hmm. super nice, super nice people. What they do is not what I do. Right. And it's not what a majority, when I say a majority, I mean like a, like 90% probably we've had to guess the hunters in this country 
don't operate like that. Yeah, it's a, it's and, a lot of, of stage stuff. And with the YouTube it, guys, you get like a lot of, of raw things yeah, that you're going to experience sure. too, you know? Yeah. And so for, for hunting, you know, consuming as a consumer of hunting content, I didn't do it for years. I mean, I was completely out of it. And I got, I got a text message from a buddy. It's like, Hey, have you heard of this guy, Dave Owens? This is, this is years ago. Oh, I'm like, I love I'm like, Dave Owens. No. He's like, we well, should check it out. Penhody project. All right. So I, I got in there, Penhody project. And I was like, I was like, Oh my God, this guy doing what I'm doing. He's, he's missing birds. He's hiking all over the place. He's freaking out. I love that he like misses, you know, like he won't adjust the camera for the shot, you know, He's just and if the camera's facing, like if he, like a couple of them, he'll, he'll like knock the camera over and you hear him whisper, I'm not going to get this on camera and he'll <laughs> shoot this turkey, you know, and, and he doesn't care. And that's what, that's what I like. But you know, all that, that older style stuff, it was, do you have, him? do you have, him? no, 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 wait five feet. And it's just like, it's all about that, you know, that, that kill shot. It's none of it was about the process. And the process to me is, 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 is as important as, as the, you know, the, that moment of impact, if you will. So do you think that's why the, 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 the public land or the, you know, hunting public kids or guys, yeah. do you feel like that's why that it became such a big thing? Cause it just hit home for so many people. Yes. Without a doubt, without, without a doubt. And that was another one. I saw Dave Owens first and he kind of brought me back into the fold of like consuming, you know, hunting content. And then it just spiraled into control or out of control with like the hunting public and their Turkey tour. I think it was their very first year they did the Turkey tour. I watched it. I was like, this is, this is amazing. These guys know what it's like to be on public land and they are really good at killing. Turkeys. They are very good at killing. And turkeys. so I, I was like, so my, my co-host and I, we went down to the ATA show this last weekend and I was fortunate enough to, to have a really nice long conversation with Aaron and Greg from the hunting public. And the mm -hmm. first thing I said, I was like, man, you know, you've never met me, but you guys made me a better Turkey hunter, the way that you do things. And it's just a different perspective. And, and, you know, like if you're someone like me, you're always learning, you're always looking to be better. And, you know, I don't have an ego about stuff like that. I'd watch these guys. I'm like, damn, they're good. <laughs> yeah. What's they're doing what they're doing. You know, I feel just, like they're the, the, the staple of, spring yeah. turkey hunting like for sure I, I i can remember even last year being at work you know and i have the notifications on my phone for that subscription on youtube and as soon as it pops up it's like okay, i'm gonna watch it I, you know they, they didn't kill a bird yesterday because they're posting basically daily on there yeah and it's like i know they didn't kill a bird they were chasing one yesterday i gotta watch this at lunch yeah. you know like yeah. i'm super focused in i wouldn't say it's a, a fanboy type of thing but i I'm almost jealous that they get to do that. You get to yeah. chase turkey every day like that, and, oh, and I can only imagine because I've done week week trip week long trips turkey hunting. I can yeah. imagine how grueling that schedule could probably oh be for them. I, I mean, I bet they're totally exhausted come May. I love Dave Owens, especially he wears he wears his his emotions on his face. I guess, and you look at him that first video of the year. And he's bright eyed and bushy tail and his face is flush and full. <laughs> and then you look at him, you know, two and a half months later and he's lost 20 pounds. His eyes are sunken and he's completely worn out. Oh, I love that because that's how I feel at the end of a good turkey season. Oh, for sure. You know, so. As far as uh, YouTubers go, as far as, you know, watching some of these stuff, what's probably your. Sorry, you broke up there. Say that one more time, bro. I said, as far as YouTubers go, watching a, a lot of these uh, people on YouTube, who's your favorite person to watch on there? 
Um, I definitely, Dave Owens is definitely my favorite. Um, I like Taylor Chamberlain, the urban bowman. That that guy, have you, have you seen any of his stuff? He, he hunts mm-hmm. like the DC suburbs. And it, it's just crazy because he'll be hunting and there's like houses everywhere. He's just killing these monster deer. I really, I like, I like Taylor Chamberlain. Um, there's a, uh, the seek one guys are pretty cool. I mean, I, I, I enjoy some of their stuff. Um, I'm just trying to think. So I, I, I'm so heavy with turkey hunting. I know, just, me too. Um, there's uh, uh, there's, there's one you should check out on YouTube for Kentucky or uh, for turkeys. Uh, Kentucky hardwoods hunter, I believe is. Yeah, I've seen. Oh, I've seen that, that dude! That dude can get on some birds. I actually yeah. bought a call off of him last year because uh, I just thought it sounded good, and uh, he was very nice with me, uh, texting back and forth. And I kind of told him what I had going on. I was going out of state and stuff and just wanted to try his calls out and him and his buddies. It's basically him that's filming the whole time, I think, but they kill a lot of birds. Do they? A lot of birds. Yeah. I feel like I've seen that Kentucky hardwoods hunter. So there's another guy, I think his YouTube channel is like Mendak. He's, uh, he's in Minnesota and he does like all, uh, kayak access duck hunts. Which is something that I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a big dude. I'm not getting in a kayak in a body of water when it's <laughs> right. 30 degrees. Like I'm just, that's not, not my style, but, and he's just this duck killing machine, man. And I really, I, I love watching this stuff, but he's just, he's just funny about it. You know, it's just, you know, like he'll, he'll, well, like one time he goes out and he forgot to put like the firing pen back in his shotgun. Oh, wow. Cause he cleaned it the night before. So it's like. You duck pile, 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 pile. They're just piling in. And he's just sitting there watching these ducks. And they're like 10 feet from him. And he's like, well, I'm just sitting here. <laughs> and it's just, and he showed the entire thing. And 20 years ago, no one's, you know, that's not getting aired. No. And he showed the entire thing. And that's, 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 man, that's the real content that, that, that I enjoy. So there's actually some um, guys from, um, northern indiana that are big on the youtube waterfowl side you might have seen them on there before but duck gun chronicles oh yeah this oh, guy's they, great yeah. they have some very good content and i think they yeah. might even do like their own podcast i think but they do yeah they've got their they're they're part of the what is it the flyways collective they do Something those like guys that. do some some real good work so yeah i appreciate their appreciate their content so absolutely what about you said I know you made the comment to me before that you were Twitter's worst bow hunter. Yeah. Oh man, I am like <laughs> Yeah, I I'm just like a terrible deer hunter. Like every deer that I've ever killed, it's all been by dumb luck. You know, it's not because I went out and worked hard for it and and uh you know I've 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 killed like a couple really good deer. Nothing like what you got behind you, man. Good for you. Um, but I'm just not I'm not patient. You know, like I want to get up and run. Like I'm going to chase these things down. <laughs> like you turkey. know, it's like like turkey hunting. So, like I'll be sitting in a stand or a ground blind. I'm like, dude, I know there's a deer over that ridge. I'm gonna go find it. And it doesn't work that way for people like me. You know, like the <laughs> hunting public. Those guys have kind of perfected like the spot stock of deer, and that's just a level of like like stealthiness that someone that's six three, three hundred pounds. Just, I just don't feel like I have that in me. So, so when I'm you're just, you're when you, you earlier you said that 95% of your, your, uh, hunting is on public, you mm-hmm. deer hunt on public as well. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the guy at? that like, 
Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I was just going to say, what kind of like setup are you running with? Are you running with like a climber or a, a blind or how do you on the ground? Yeah. So when I, so when I was younger, I was, I was running the climber, um, which those those were fine. And they're kind of bulky and clanky. Um, but you know, you, you know, you, I, I feel like you're pretty, you know, you're pretty versatile. Um, I had some, had some success. Like I'm definitely the guy that I'll walk three miles into the woods, kill a deer. And I'm like, Oh God, I got to drag this thing by myself <laughs> three miles out of the woods. So, um, as I've gotten a little older, I've, I've kind of switched to, uh, to ground blind. Um, and then, you know, I, and, and, you know, I, I do some crossbow hunting. I don't do, I don't do a ton. Um, it was funny, man. Like I, I would, I would turkey hunt. I'm like being like nestled, you know, fall turkey hunt, be nestled in the, in the, uh, like in the brush. And it'd be deer, 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 like just nonstop. And I'm, you know, I'm sitting there with a shotgun with turkey load. I'm like, man, I'm going to start bow hunting these with a crossbow in my turkey chair and just tuck down into the weeds. And then, yeah, it worked out a couple of times, but it, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just, I don't have the patience for it. I don't, uh, I don't like, I, like I mean, if wind. it doesn't, if it doesn't get you, you know, getting that spark in you, like turkeys yeah. and ducks and stuff like that, I can understand it. Yeah. Like you, like maybe, like you said, you know, some, some trips during the rut and stuff like that, you know, get on them or whatever. That can be, that can be pretty fun. Have yeah. you had much luck on the public land deer hunting? I have, I've had, I've had some, I've had some good luck. I don't know if you can, that's my biggest. Nice. It's, he's kind of hard to see, but that was, you know, I, I didn't have him scored. He, he was just a typical 10, you know, probably a two and a half, three year old, three and a half year old deer. And was just this gorgeous animal. And, uh, you know, I've killed some, some smaller bucks and some does. And, um, you know, I definitely have had, have had success, but for, for a long time, I got in that mindset that, you know, I'm looking for those Lee and Tiffany deer and they're just not, <laughs> they just weren't coming into my life. So it was kind of discouraging and it was kind of frustrating. And that's what, I don't want to say I started to hate deer hunting, but I started to put like unnecessary pressure on myself and it just, it kind of ruined me on, on deer hunting for a while, for a long time, actually. Bet, you know, so, did, did you get any kickback from like your buddies on shooting a smaller buck or anything like that? No, no, I never, okay, yeah, you know, it's actually, you know, I, I the, the, the deer that that's above me that I just showed you, like, you know, one guy was, well, I, I, I don't let him walk another year. I'm like, well, you weren't sitting in that tree stand. Right? Yeah, you weren't on my hunt. So. Right. Yeah. So shut up. I have no tolerance for that stuff, man. Oh, absolutely zero, not. I could zero get tolerance into a yeah. whole conversation that. Um, yeah, I heard that on on one of your other podcasts I listened to today. You know, you, you talk about some of the pushback that you had, like on Twitter. I'm like, dude, I. And, and I want to fight people like that, you know. Right. And and I've and honestly, if you were to ask me what my favorite social media outlet is. I will probably still answer you, Twitter. Never had that kind of pushback on them before. There's almost like, and I'm sure that you see it too, there's almost like a a community on Twitter, like a hunting community. Yeah, for sure. There's good, obviously really good connection on there, but you do still have those those jerks that like to get in there and – and say stuff and, and i was yeah. totally thrown off when i when they got the response um i, I would have let what do you say i would have let it walk or i don't know why you posted this 
Yeah. And I was just like, what did this guy yeah. just say? Like, really? Like, why yeah. would you even tell? Like, I've seen people on there and I've seen some people really go after some people on there. But, um, yeah. you know, when some little kids harvest on a youth hunt or something, a spike, you know, buck, a spike or something. buck or yeah. something like that, it's like, dude, this kid is probably more pumped than you'll ever be shooting a 200 inch deer so let's please not talk about this any further you know yeah and that's like you know it's just like you hunt public private doesn't matter man you still you know as a hunter you put in the time you put in the effort you put in the money and you work for that thing and i don't care what it is man as long as you as the hunter are happy you hunted legally and ethically good for you I'm I'm glad you said that because that's definitely my thought process process on i know a lot not everybody's like that. There is some people that are super into uh, managing deer and they want the biggest and the baddest every year. I understand that you may be in that situation with maybe a property that you hunt and I can hundred percent support you in what you're trying to do. But there's a lot of people out there that don't have that, uh, you know, don't have that. So they're, yeah. they're shooting pretty much anything they can get their hands on. So yeah, for sure when I got to hunt Ohio this year, I shot probably one of the smallest deer I've ever harvested period, a buck, small six pointer, but it was one of the most harder bucks I've ever had. Yeah. And this, the story about talking to you about the the deer camp and all that stuff, yeah. I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. First yeah, deer absolutely. I've ever shot from the ground with a bow. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just a whole other story, you know, and that's so cool, man. You, you know, you, you work for that and, and you're happy for it. Your family's fed and you've got memories for a lifetime. And, and, and that's kind of the, that, that's the, that's the next evolution that this industry industry needs to have. And, you know, there's a lot of hate in this world and, and social media amplifies it. And uh, I don't like when it's directed to people when they're hunting, when they're doing things the right way. I don't, I don't like that. I'll, I'll defend that vehemently. Absolutely. So. Me too. You know, I see that you're, you know, real passionate about hunting Ohio. What other States do you maybe want to get to, or that you've gotten to that you, you really are passionate about as well? I really enjoy Tennessee. That that state's been good to me for for turkey hunting. Uh, Virginia has been good. Uh, a lot of trout fishing in Virginia, which is pretty cool. Um, I've got uh, hunts this year scheduled for. I'm going to Florida uh, beginning of March. Hunt Osceola's down there. I'm, I'm awesome. like, dude, I'm, I, 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 I can't wait. Yeah, and then I'm going to uh, Montana to chase Merriam. So I'm hoping to get three of the four. Uh, this year but you know those osceolas man they're tough to tough yeah to run, so. i see that quite a bit a lot of people chasing them down there yeah i'm actually so. going to get to chase a bird uh potentially this year that i've never gotten to chase and that's a miram as well in, yeah uh, north dakota okay so i'm kind of i kind of pumped up about that um yeah. you know I, i've chased easterns my whole life you know and i hear that these mirrors can be very vocal and just really fun birds to hunt up in the hills and stuff i'm, I'm pretty pumped about it yeah, that's gonna be awesome, man, North Dakota. So, yeah, I'm hoping you know with this with this new gig, you know, it, I'm fortunate turkey hunting is part of the job, uh, which I'd like saying that like blows my mind. Right. I, can't, I can't like I can't even. I'm like a slick kid, man. I'm so excited <laughs> about that. But so you know, I'll probably do some some hunting in, in, in a couple other states. But you know, who 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 knows, man? So, but those are the two those are the two hunts that are planned and paid for. So. Absolutely. What you're what allowed? What like four birds in Tennessee? Uh, it, during the during the fall, you can get four. It used to be you could get four in the spring, but I think they're down to three now. Uh, so you got guys like Catman, who that's another one. I that, love that's that. That's another guy. guy killing a lot Dude, of that. Birds. So so Cus Strickland, I've heard him say there are turkey 
hunters and then there are turkey killers and Catman is a turkey killer mm-hmm. like you could blindfold that dude not give him a call and he's going to kill three birds you stick him on day. a boat somewhere in the lake he's probably going to find some birds somewhere. exactly and it's just amazing like I watch that guy's videos I'm like oh my god this, this, like, this guy's amazing and, and it's just I, I strive to be like people like that you know, so I have my moments, but man, I'm, I'm still trying to figure it out. I think so. Can you imagine being a, a a fly on the wall sometimes when those conversations with you know Cuz Strickland and all them yeah. back in the day chasing all those birds and stuff? No, I couldn't Will even Primos imagine Will Primos and all them guys yeah. down to Mississippi, and they, I mean. Anybody that's turkey hunting for a long period of time, you know, I would say late nineties, uh, early two thousands, mid two thousands, like everybody watched Primo's Truth About Hunting Turkey yep. series. Like that was like what you bought at Walmart when you go into check or get shells or yeah. whatever, you know. It was just legendary. And I don't know if this is true. Maybe maybe you know. Um but someone told me that that was the first time hunting had ever been filmed, like for a TV production. Like it might ever, have been. That like they were just, I mean, they were like they were the trailblazers for this entire genre of, of content. So right, that's I always love that motto or motto. You know, you're watching it, the 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 DVDs kicking into place, and they always say, you know, this ain't Hollywood. This is the truth. Yeah. You yeah. know, I love that back in the day. Yeah, there's there's a guy talking about these, you know, not, you know, just these OG turkey hunters, man. This is the old guard. Um, his name's Zach Farmer, Z A C K Farmer. And he's he's still alive. I mean, he's got to be ninety five, and he's a he's a trumpet maker. So I don't know if you're familiar with turkey trumpets. Mm-hmm. So for you guys that on YouTube that are not, that's what a trumpet looks like. Nice, one of those. And they use those this, a lot in the Northeast, right? Yeah, dude. I I it's funny, man. I started using a. I can't use a mouth call. Like I get that mouth call and it starts vibrating. And I just start gagging, man. <laughs> And you know what? Like, I, I buy a new mouth call every year. I'm like, this is the one. It's going to be different. It's never different. I can't Have you tried time. the one uh, made for people with dentures? Yep. Yes. The small one? Yep. All of them. Every single one of them. I've cut them down. I've bent them. I've flexed everything. I've tried everything. I mean, I've literally bought probably 85 mouth calls. Not one has worked. <laughs> and so my, my, my wife, who doesn't turkey hunt at all, I hand her one like two years ago. I'm like, just, just put this in your mouth and try it. And she's just like, I'm like, oh, I'm so, I'm so mad. I just walked away. I'm like, I can't even look at you. I'm so pissed off right now. And so every once in a while, she'll throw that turkey call in. And she's like, I like it. You know, talk a little bit about turkey calls. That's probably my favorite. That's probably what I'm best at is uh, using a mouth call. And really, I was a natural at it when I first, I know that probably makes you mad. Good for you, man. Like, (laughs) as soon as I stuck it in, like, it was something I figured out pretty quick. I I used to drive my dad and them nuts, you know, getting in the shower when I got home from school and shit, put that in there, and just messing with it in the shower. But, you know, you talk about running and gunning a lot. When I feel like when I move on that running and gunning, even if it's just walking and listening, you know, I'm kind of calling as I'm moving, you know, that yeah, feel. And, and I'm looking for mushrooms too, you know, walking yeah. around, do a little, uh, purr and maybe a little kiki or something and put it in there, you know, you know, yeah. it just sometimes I'll be looking for mushrooms and just calling as I'm walking, yeah. it fires up. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm hitting the ground. <laughs> yeah. I like the weird, I, I've kind of gotten into the weird turkey calls. Like, um, I use a, a tube call. This is a Woodhaven. That's cool. And the reeds, the reeds busted on it, but dude, this thing, 
you can hear this. I could hit this and you'd hear it in Indiana. I mean, it is loud. <laughs> and so a lot of, a lot of times I'll just, I'll go in, I'll go into, I heard, I, I think it was cuz said that he's like, I want to wake the woods up. Like that's his, yeah. I think it was, I think that's who it was. Might have been Dave Yetter today. No, yeah. He, he, yeah. He it was Dave. And I'm to, like, he yeah, talked about like, it as well. Yeah. I want to wake the woods up. I'm like, that's exactly right. Like I want to go out there. I want to be the loudest thing first thing in the morning because they're going to shock out. Like you, like that's the, you know, you're going to get them, you know? And, and obviously you're not hammering that thing the entire day, but waking them up in the morning, I'm like, that's exactly right. Like I've never, I've never had that, the term to go along with what I'm doing. So right. I want to wake them up. You know, a lot of people um, in the waterfowl world, they get caught up, you know, ordering uh, like antique calls and stuff like that. Is that. Is that something that you're into on the turkey side? So I have, like, you see my little collection of signs behind me. All of these I've found on the ground. Um, I've got, my thing is like, I love, I love these old signs. I got a bunch of them. Um, and I love anything like old Ohio memorabilia when it comes to, so I've got maps, I've got, I've got books, guidebooks, not guidebooks, but uh, rules books from like the six to 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, I've got every year the state would put out like a public lands map for waterways and, and for hunting lands. I've got a couple of those from the fifties. Um, I've got some duck calls from the forties. I have forced myself to stay away from turkey calls. I look at them all the time, and I saw one today. It's like this old school scratch box from like the 30s. It's 300 bucks. I'm like, I want that. I need it. I don't want it. I need it. I have to have that. And so, how do I tell my wife, like, hey, I just bought $300 turkey call? She's like, oh, are you going to eat? No, it's going to sit on my shelf. Yeah, Doesn't work that way. You know? so, <laughs> yeah. So, I, I stay, I try to say, I, I definitely have my, um, like, my little collection, but I, I have forced myself to stay away from turkey calls so because it'll it'll spiral out of control in a heartbeat <laughs> that's awesome yeah well i definitely appreciate you you coming on this week short notice you, and, ev- and everything man it's been it's been a real fun conversation i've learned Good, i hope so a lot about you know that your uh nwtf stuff and all that kind of stuff is pretty cool i hope everybody else enjoyed it uh tell everybody where they can find you out on social media so you can you can find me my my Twitter handle is uh, I think it's at Paul Campbell three two two. I use I use Instagram. I honestly don't know what it is. I have no idea. I don't use it very much. the the one uh, The one app and you've talked about it that I'm really putting a lot of a lot of effort into, and I'm, I'm going to make it my more, my main source of communication in the social media world because all I care about is hunting, is is go wild. So it's awesome. Search. I love it on there. Yeah. I didn't even know you were on there. I have to find yep. it on there. Yeah, for sure, man. So it, um, I actually just started like a little series today. I'm doing so. I, if you don't mind, man, I don't want to take people no, away from buddy, what you're trying ahead, to do. Buddy. But so I bought this. I bought this book a couple weeks ago, and it's the New Hunters Encyclopedia. Look how thick it is. It's, it's is over 1,100 pages, and it's printed 1966. <laughs> and so it's all about. It's it's geared towards people that have never hunted. This is how you hunt. This is, this is the things you do like building blinds, building bows, guns, loads, ammo, loads, everything. The thing that really caught my attention is in the back of the book, there was a game report for all 50 States. And it was, well, not all 50 States because there weren't 50 States at the time, but um, I don't know. Maybe there was, I'm dumb. <laughs> Hawaii, was it around in 66? I don't know. Uh, Doesn't matter. Anyway, that. right back to the, and so it, it had like harvest data. It had, um, you know, how much licenses cost, how much public land was, was in each state at the time. And so I started looking at that like in Ohio 
And so in Ohio, I don't, I'm sure it's the same way in Indiana. In, in 1966, in Ohio, there were over 500,000 wild pheasants harvested in the state of Ohio. Wow. 500 wild pheasants, 500,000. It, it, was, it was the number one game animal in the state. I know that pheasants. Um, Indiana had a lot of pheasants and yeah. quail and chuckers and all that stuff. And you had a Hungarian partridge. Yeah, I looked at it today. Hungarian partridge. When was the last time you even heard that? It's I not even heard that in a long time. But exactly, pheasants in Ohio. Every like we might have a real small population of like of, of wild pheasants, mm-hmm. maybe two, you know two to five percent of the population. The rest of them are all pin raised. Yeah, put and, and the state releases like two to five thousand a year across there. And so you look at that, like five hundred thousand harvested. So we're talking seven eight hundred thousand population, down to all we have is pen raised birds that the state's releasing. That's that's staggering to me. Like that's that's something to be concerned about. Absolutely, I heard and, that um, for Indiana, the blizzard of seventy eight, I believe it was, yeah. killed a lot of those bird those small game birds off here in yeah. Indiana because a uh, place I hunt deer hunt, they always talk about um, coveys of quail even back in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, you know, go deer hunting and you kick up a covey of quail. I couldn't tell you the last time I even seen a quail. I haven't seen a quail in, in Ohio. I One, I've never hunted for quail. I've seen them just kind of by mistake. There's some quail management areas down in Zaleski State Forest that you like every once in a while, you'd see one or two. But it's gone. It's a non-existent game bird. There's only five counties, five or six counties in Ohio that you can hunt quail in legally. Wow. And they're all in Southern Ohio. And it's a, you know, it's like one or two birds. That, so that the population is going to disappear just like the chucker and, and you know, the Hungarian partridge. <clears throat> so it's, so it, it was, it was really neat. So I, I started looking at that, you know, that data that, that we have from, that I have from this book mm-hmm. compared to the data that we have now. And it's all publicly, you know, available. So I put a post out a couple weeks ago, like, Hey, I'm going to do this series. We think a lot of people responded to it. And so I, I'm, I'm doing, I'm going to go through all 50 states or 48 states, 49 states, however many in this damn book, but, and it's going to be like a snapshot of where we're at. I'm going to talk about it because it is really, there's some really good information in this book. I, I think it's, it's imperative to see like the industry that we're in that we love. It's imperative to understand where we came from and how far we've come and where we've lost traction and where we've regressed. I think it's really important because deer, they're not immune to it. Right. Turkeys, not immune to it. Those, those species of animals could be gone in our lifetime. Right. And if things aren't controlled and managed, look at EHD on North Dakota. It has wrecked, absolutely wrecked the wild deer population. It really has in, here in North Dakota, uh, close to where I hunt as well. It's really, yeah. really done a number on some deer population. Yeah, and people shut people people hunters they shut down when they hear EHD or CWD. They don't, they don't want to hear it. It's just like, it's like you know, people get coronavirus and like whatever. I don't care. Variant, whatever. I like I like fuzz out when someone says variant. I'm like, Whoa. CWD. It's the same thing. People shut down. That is real, man. Yeah, absolutely. And just because we don't see deer dead along the road or floating around the ponds doesn't mean that it's that it's dangerous and something. So I, I think it's it's very important to understand where we how far we've come and where we've slipped up as a society, as as conservation organizations, as government agencies that are in charge of this stuff. You know where where we've fallen short and. And it, it doesn't mean that we place blame, but that we we assign responsibilities going forward. This is what we need to do. How did uh, and, you um, How did you find Go Wild? Um, Parker McDonald, Southern Ground Hunting. So he's he's another guy that uh, I really appreciate. He does a lot of podcasts. He does some YouTube stuff. Dude's a killer, man. I mean, the guy's awesome. 
and he talked about it. So I signed up back in the spring. I'm like, man, this is this is really cool. So I love it. Um, yeah, you, I'm not you, big on, and this is just my like me personally. I'm not big on putting like dead animals on social media, and it's not because I'm like some righteous. I just it's just not. You know, I'll put like a couple pictures, but you know, it's just not something that I do a ton of. You know, right. um, go wild, do it. Yeah, there's no, there's no, like, you know, it's, it's easy, you know, I feel like, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, like you could, could be one of your friends, man, that doesn't hunt. They're not an anti-hunter, they're a non-hunter. But like you can, if it's the wrong picture, it's the wrong presentation, like you can change the course that, you know, like the, the, you know, what they have in in, in their opinions. And like you're not, that matters. When it comes down to public perception is a real thing. So just something that I've always been kind of careful with. So, you know, you talk about, um, uh, Adam Bowles and Hunt the Wild, how you were going to be on on his show. Yeah. Uh, me and him communicate quite a bit, and uh, he sends me this link. Sent uh, join him on Go Wild. I'm like, what is this, dude? Yeah. What are you sending me? He's it's like, awesome. I promise you, check it out. So I check it out. Yeah. I probably post on there um, maybe once, sometimes more than that a day. Yeah. I, I really love going through there and checking everybody out. Yeah. And what I really love about it is you know you see when somebody posts on there, you see if it's their first post. Yeah. So ever you always see there's a ton of comments on somebody's yeah. first post. It's always like, yeah. you know, congratulations on your buck and welcome to go wild family. Yeah. And that just yeah. blows me away sometimes. Yeah, it's cool, man. It's it's cool. I enjoy it. So, yeah, you know, if, if people want to find me on social media, the go wild is, is definitely the one that I put the most on. Um, you know, the, the O2 podcast is is on the Sportsman's Nation. That's that's the other one if they if they want to listen to it after they're done listening to yours, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Paul Campbell three two two is uh, my Instagram. If you How often to, do you guys record a podcast? We do one a week. One a week. Yeah, one I a feel week. Like so this is pretty happy medium for the most part. Yeah, it 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 is. It's uh it's been cool, man. It's been you know we've had like a ton of really just interesting people that we've met, and we're getting ready to start this. Um, I don't know if we're going to name it like the series, but it's like, we're going to interview a lot of really old, old hunters. And when I say old, I'm talking like, like one of these guys is, is like in his nineties and, and, and is dying. Wow. And he's got one of the greatest stories uh, out there. And he's one of the most successful big game hunters on the face of the earth ever. And, you know, he's going to, he's gracious enough to give us a couple hours of time and, because some guys are really big in Ohio and Indiana, just these older guys. Because you know, it's it's funny, man. Like, there's there's so like when I say we like consumers now, we get hung up with like the meat eater and hunting public and you know guys that are our age, and then we totally ignore like this generation that came before us that created what we have now, right. and they are absolute killers. I mean, they are they are good, and and I they have a, these guys, man. This guy. Uh, his cabin, we're going to do the interview on Friday. He's got over 400 big game animals hanging on his wall. 400. Like, that's insane. Wow. I've never even how, killed 400 animals in general. How do you connect with those people? I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid to talk to anyone. And so we were at ATA and I got this guy's name. His name's Bill Eppard. Let's tell everyone who he is. Uh, they're like, you should go talk to him. And so I Google him. I never heard of him. I Google him, this, this guy. And uh, he's got like 26 grand slams to his name wow he's got multiple like multiple world turkey grand slams he's killed buffalo right all the bow it's nuts elephants and so i just found him at the show i got his name who he works for he works for psc and i hunted him out i'm like bill 
my name's Paul from Ohio. You're from Ohio. And he's just like, yeah, I'd love to talk to you. I'm like, oh my God, really? <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's coming on. We've got, uh, we got uh, a real good guy, the, the older gentleman who's, who's not doing well. Um, I'm going to save his name. Cause I, I, there's a lot, there's a lot of moving parts to that one, but he's, man, it's going to be a great story. And, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm real excited. I think people are going to enjoy it. So, cause those old guys, man, I'm telling you, they, they got a great story to tell. And, and I think they this, got stories uh, for everything. They do, man. And I like, we just, we bypass them. Like we just go, we just gloss over them, you know, cause we want what's shiny and new and, right. you know, selling us platforms. How, um, and <laughs> Do you find, you know, with your podcast, you, how far do you like book out? Is it something that like you're like to me, tonight you know i had somebody cancel on me you know health some health problems or whatever yeah. but you know like sometimes i wouldn't say that i have trouble finding somebody i have trouble finding the right person that i think fits what i want to do yeah because i don't want i mean don't get me wrong i base this podcast off of having regular guys on just like me and you that yeah. are regular guys that enjoy hunting and fishing and yeah stuff. that's cool that's what do you know and i i really want to keep it like that but you know, every once once in a while, I like to have somebody on. Maybe you know um, somebody that somebody's going to pay attention to when you see the yeah. name. Maybe you recognize it or a face, or it's like, hey, that's really cool that they got them on this week. Let's check this out. Yeah, yeah. So we we have like right now we have probably three interviews that are just that we've done. One of them was back in like October, I think, maybe November. That we're just waiting, you know, just to we have that little bank, you know, in case we don't want to record, you know. Right. Um, so right now I'm trying to get as many turkey guests as I can. Uh, you know, we'll start releasing turkey content. So like Dave Owens is coming on. Scott Ellis is coming on. Dang. Kind of our thing is, you know, I want to get like people that are really good. One, they're mm-hmm. really good storytellers. And two, they're really good at hunting. And like I said earlier, I just want to, I just want to ask the right questions. And right. it comes from a place of like, I want to, I want to be better. Like I watch you guys, I, like Scott Ellis, you know, are you familiar with him? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I Dude, have some of the guy, his calls. Like, I, I, I just sent him an Instagram message. He's like, yo man, like I've watched all your videos for years. I was That's like, awesome. do you want to come on and talk on the pot? He's like, yeah, why not? I'm like, damn, he said yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, he's going to, he's going to do, and it's just all going to be about Turkey calling it. And, 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 and to me, it's like, good storyteller add value and that's it, man. And And that can come from anybody. And, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not the best hunter in the world, man. I, I feel like I'm good at asking questions and, and listening, you know, listen to learn, not to respond with something that was pushed in, onto my mindset years ago. And I think that's kind of benefited me. And, and, you know, this is great, man. This is a great talk. So, you know, you, I, I, me and Adam's had the conversation before, you know, we want some, you know, eyes and ears to get on our stuff sometimes because we feel like, you know, we put out some decent stuff sometimes. You do. Yeah, you both do. But like, what's something? I I don't know how to exp- put this in the right words. How do you think? Is it something that you just got to keep plugging at and plugging at and plugging at, or is it something like somewhere along the lines you catch that break where maybe you just get like a guest on that brings more eyes and ears to it? Like you take that next step in the the podcast. I can already tell you're talking about Scott Ellis and yeah. Tim Owens and them. That's uh, that's a Dude, whole another league above me. <laughs> Like, how do you make that? And, step? You know, I, dude, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Like, I think a lot of it helps that we're on that, the, the sportsman's nation, mm-hmm. which, like I said earlier, was pure dumb luck. Um, and, you know, I, like, I don't, I don't deserve that luck when it comes to it. You know, like, I, 
we just lucked into it, man. And, and we're like, and, and it's funny, like we talk about on the show, like we did an interview with Tony Peterson, the guy from Mediator. Awesome mm-hmm. dude, super gracious with his time, knows Dan Johnson, the owner of Sports Nation. So that was how the connection was made there. It was the worst interview we've ever done. <laughs> like in the middle of it, my cat like walks in and like knocks the, like I had this door on my room that mm-hmm. I record in and I'm too, too lazy to like hang it up. It's like one of them barn doors, you know? Yeah. So I just have it like prop, but the cat knocks the door over in the middle of the interview. I completely <laughs> lose my turn of thought. And I just stopped talking. We had to edit it out because it was that like, and, and Tony Peterson's just looking at me. I'm like, I'm out. Like I'm, I have nothing for you. And it was the worst interview until the last like 10 minutes. I, I listened to a podcast with him and, and he was talking about like life, family life balance. And I just asked him about, you know, as you get older, blah, 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 you know, things become different. And he just talked for 20 minutes about family and balance and, you know, what's important in life. And I'm like, dude, this, that was all the hunting stuff was bullshit because we were too dumb to get through the interview. But that was great. <laughs> and, and I, you know, I don't think it matters, man, to me, like who's talking. It's just asking those questions and people are going to listen. I mean, you and Adam do 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 a really nice job, man. And I, I've really enjoyed getting to know you guys and, and listening to your shows. And I'm just I'm just lucky. I'm not good. I'm lucky. And it's like that in the woods. I'm lucky. It's like that in this podcast. I'm lucky. I work hard in my professional job to be a good father and husband. But when it comes to this stuff, I'm just I'm just fortunate and, and lucky. And it's gonna happen for you guys. So I just like we, me and him have had a hundred conversations. It's like, man, like. I'm like, we're each other's biggest critic. Like as soon as he posts an episode, like he, he always posts on (laughs) Sunday night. So I'm, I'm always listening Monday morning, like on my way to work or something like he's expecting that text message before like nine 30 in the morning. Cause we both go to work really early in the morning. He's like, have you listened yet? Like, give me some pointers. What happened? Like, you know, did it go well? And and it's funny because like, We've actually had conversations was like, well, how's this episode doing for you? And it's like our episodes for the week. And, and, and it's like, you know, he may do better than me or I may do better than him. And then we just like both shrug it off and we're like, dude, who gives a shit? We're having a blast doing this. Yeah. And it's like, who cares about numbers? I know that I really enjoy listening to your show. Yeah. And, like, and he enjoys listening to mine. And like we've talked before, like his show is totally different than mine. We're two different people. That's going to happen when you have shows, you have different personalities, different questions, different themes. And it's, it's just such a blast because I would have thought, you know, you know, sometimes when I started the YouTube thing back in the day, trying to get people to subscribe to the YouTube and that kind of thing was really get hard to get people to do it. And nobody would really give me any pointers or, you know, anything like that. And then we start, I start this podcast game and I become friends with him and it's like, man, people, everybody in the podcast world is so nice and will give you tips on how they do things and maybe give you pointers and this and that. Everybody's so nice. Yeah, for sure. And that's the one thing that I've enjoyed the last, you know, six months is that the people that I've met, the people that I've talked to. And, you know, one one thing that's important for our show, because we focus primarily in Ohio, we um, we've built a really good relationship with the DNR and the Department of Wildlife, because they're the people that control what we enjoy, like it or not, you know, government, this government, that whatever. They're the ones that control the purse strings and control. So we've given them a voice to talk about you know, their message and why they do things. And it's been our most popular episodes have been the, the, the biologists from the state. It's not been Tony Peterson. It's not been Ranch Ferris. I mean, all these guys, it's been the guy that 
tells you how many deer you can kill in the state of Ohio. That's the most popular guy. And it's been, we have this huge bow hunter. Uh, his name's Mike Rex from Ohio. That's the number two episode when you look at the numbers. That's what people want to hear, man. They want to hear that honest content. They want to hear that honest dialogue. And it's not just something that's regurgitated across a thousand shows, you know? Right. So my, my, uh, my most popular episode is, uh, with a bow hunter that just started bow hunting last year. Okay. Like a, just a newcomer that talked yeah. about, you know, like the stories and stuff and the, you know, the trials that he went through becoming a bow hunter and a saddle hunter at the same time. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's shooting uh, a big deer two years in a row in his first couple of years. It's like, that's so he cool, figures man. something out, you know what yeah. I mean? And you know, that's, that's, that's funny, man. I, I like, we're sitting around Andrew and I, my co-host and we're trying to figure out like what we're going to talk about. And I'm like, man, we should get like a person that just started hunting on the show and not that we're professionals, but when I was like, when I first started, you know, 24 or whatever, I was wound up, man. Like, I was excited. Everything was new. Everything was exciting. And that passion was there. Like, so, uh, you know, one of my, one of my really good friends, um, I got them and him and his brother into duck hunting this year. And two weeks ago, I took them on their first duck hunt and we have this big old flock. There's like 30 ducks working in, man. There's, there's no one out in this marsh and they're circling around and they're coming in. And I look to my left and, and my buddy, Brandon is shaking like a leaf. I love it. Man. And I loved it, man. <laughs> I didn't, I, I, I loved it. And these, these birds come in and, and me and my buddy Ken, we're like, shoot them. And all four of us stand up and Kenny, I shoot Brandon and his brother. First duck I didn't shoot. And I'm like, why didn't you guys shoot? They're like, I froze up. I was like, dude, I love it. Don't ever lose I that. I blacked man. out. I blacked out. I'm like, yes. Like, that's what I'm here for, man. So it's funny. Like, you know, when we work in these docks, I'm calling or whatever. I'll just look over at him just to watch him shake, you know, like his guns, like hitting the blind, you know, I'm like, ah, I love it, man. That's what I'm here for. So, Absolutely. and it's just that passion and that, and that, uh, that adrenaline rush, man, that's what keeps us all coming back. And to, to, to see the moment that that hit for someone, that meant the world to me, man. I, I, I could have just walked out of the marsh and never walked back in. That was it for me. And I'm like, God damn, that was cool. Sorry, I didn't even say that. But. No, but here, here I yeah. dropped that. I, love, I'm, I got chills just thinking about it, man. And <laughs> uh, and that's what it's about, man. And uh, and it's just that honest people. I think I think this industry, when I say this industry, the content creation and this hunting industry, I think there's a... The, the 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 people that aren't in it for the right reasons they're getting weeded out yeah for sure and it's ha- it's it's happening and people like you man that are just doing it doing it the right way that's that's the people that, that are going to rise because that's what that's what we need to have well, i appreciate so, that yeah, you man. know and, and i felt like i handcuffed myself a little bit um when i created our brand in general because it's called blue river bow hunting so yeah. you think that most of everything that i want to talk about is bow hunting it is not um, you know, our, our podcast will go other places other than bow hunting. Yeah. It's just what we're passionate about, and that's what we really wanted to focus on. You know, we, we chase these whitetails so hard, and I even chase turkeys with my bow. Yeah. But, you know, there's that week or two weeks or three weeks that we really get into waterfowl. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I'm open to talk about it on here. I know maybe some people that found uh, my podcast in general looking for just bow hunting material. You know, you're going to find other stuff in there with it, which – they like it or they don't like it. I'm still going to put it out there, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So now it's, it's, um, 
you know, it's like when I when I saw your you know your podcast and I followed you on Twitter and listened to some of your shows. That's why I said I'm I'm literally the worst bow hunter on Twitter. But if you want to talk turkeys, I'm more than willing to do it. So oh, I'm definitely more than willing yeah. to talk turkeys. I hope uh, I hope some some long beards hit the ground this year. I hope so, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch. So yeah, if you hope. ever uh, if you ever need a uh, a cameraman over, I'm only one state away and I'm That's willing it, to man. travel, buddy. Yeah, right down seventy. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I'm, so. I'm serious. I would I would definitely do it I, yeah we'll i got do a pretty good sure. setup for uh filming for turkeys okay uh, i've done it the last couple of years and it's a really fun thing to do too good nothing like uh chasing those whitetails with the camera that's a whole nother setup but yeah those chasing them turkeys can be fun oh it's a blast man i love it well i, I definitely uh, appreciate you having uh coming on and uh you know discussing some of the stuff we discussed this week no, but, uh, I've, this has been fun man i've appreciated time i would love and, to actually have you back on maybe before or after turkey season and, and you yeah. know maybe talk a recap of your season uh, yeah, how it all went on your trips and stuff hopefully you're you're close to that that slam when we're when we're talking later on man, you got I some hope stories so. to i'm gonna try later. like hell man <laughs> <laughs> so but i uh, i appreciate everybody listening and uh if you're watching on, on on youtube i appreciate that too hit that subscribe button for us you can find us on uh Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, go wild, just about anywhere that there's a uh, there's a profile for something. Uh we're on there too, but I appreciate Paul coming on here and talking hey, with us. My pleasure, man. Go check his podcast out too, the O2 podcast, and uh I appreciate everybody for listening. Y'all have a good one.